Good morning, good morning, good morning out there. Uh, Today is Saturday, and today is April the 20th, 2019. Hello out there to all my listeners. Thank you for listening to Talk Back right here on Anchor Podcast. Um, Today is Saturday. It's a new show today. We've got a lot of information to cover. I'm sure most of you have heard by now that the Mueller report is out. It has been published. You can get it online. Yeah, you can actually, uh, you've been hearing it all over the news feed, I'm sure, about the, uh, about the Mueller report. It is out. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to try and dissect it as much as I possibly can from what I'm getting from the news feeds, from online, from the uh, major networks. Um, the Mueller report, by the way, is available uh, in, uh, it's, it's actually available uh, in paperback already. The final report of the special counsel into the Donald Trump, Russia and collusion theory uh, is out. It's available in paperback. You can order it. Okay, the Miller Report, uh, the Washington Post has uh, also published it. It's available on Kindle, and uh, it is available out there for you for those who like to go through it with the fine-tooth comb as the media has, the news media has uh, thus far. Good morning to you. The Mueller Report is out. I'm going to try to go over it with you. I'm going to basically today, what I want to do is I want to unpack, I want to kind of somewhat unpack the Mueller report, kind of condense, it's going to be a condensed version, of course, because the uh, the report is uh, 448 pages long, so there's no way in 30 minutes I, I can uh, dissect the Mueller report. But I'm going to uh, utilize some help today from the nation's top legal minds uh, as they uh, attempt to unpack the document of the decade. That's right, the Mueller report is out and it's been hailed as the document of the decade. So I'm gonna utilize the expertise of attorneys, uh, people in the legal field, as we try to unwrap the Mueller report. Uh, Business, first things first, let's take care of a little business. Uh, Please, for all of those that have seniors or loved ones, who are having uh, going through a change of life and they're having trouble getting in and out of their tub or shower, please call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. They can give you a customized shower or tub and they have the industry's leading low step in. So you want to call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. You can also go to their website at www.gotosafestep.com. Okay, thank you all those again for listening. The Mueller Report's out. The Congress has received, as well as uh, everyone else who can go online actually and review it. You can't print it out. You have to really just kind of read it. Uh, Again, as I said, it's over 400, uh, it's like 448 pages long. So, I mean, that's, you really have to take time to go through it if you want to do that for those political um, gurus who really want to take time and go go through that. Um, It is a redacted edition of the report, the Mueller report. And what that simply means is that um, the text has been removed from the original document and um, basically, it, the, it's justified for reasons of p- privilege. In other words, the Department of Justice and Attorney General Barr has the authority to uh, o- delete, omit, uh, actually not delete, I, forgive me, not delete, but kind of just block out certain things that are listed in the report. They have the legal standing to do that, and that's pretty much what re. re- uh, reindact means is removing text or images. Um, okay, so, and, and Barr has the authority to do that. So, I'm going to attempt to uh, lean on the minds, uh, the top legal minds here, to kind of unpack this report and go through it as best as I can. And, uh, 
the the reenactments were the were tremendous. There were uh, especially in volume one in the beginning of the report. There were quite a few reenactions that uh, Attorney General Barr did um, include. We've already kind of uh, we know a little bit about what has happened prior to the report being released. Uh, this past Thursday, there were 199 criminal charges, 37 criminal indictments, and there were plea deals. We know from what I like to call uh, all the president's men, right? We know that uh, those things have, have already come down. So we've seen the details on that. Okay. And uh, so the report, a couple things here. And I want to start off by saying uh, that this is this report was presented uh, by the a former clerk to the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Her name is Marissa Malek, and she starts off by saying that number one, this report does not exonerate the president. She says that I find the most interesting or surprising part of the report to be twofold. One, that the special counsel Mueller went out of his way multiple times to dispel the notion that there is any a concept called collusion. President Trump and all of his men, all of his press has continually said there has been no collusion. When the presidential Uh, When the Department of Justice received the Mueller report unredacted, Trump went on tour. He went out and did a rally saying, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Just as I've been saying, no collusion. I mean, they really hit home with that. But here, uh, the senior associate with King and Spalding, she's a former clerk for the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. She says, uh, she found that surprisingly a part of the report is twofold. One, that the special counsel Mueller went out of his way multiple times to dispel the notion that there is any concept called collusion. And that's what he investigated was instead of coordination and conspiracy, not collusion. Collusion is not a crime. Conspiracy is a crime. Obstruction of justice is a crime. Collusion is not a crime. So they really hit that home and they did that. That was on purpose. That was a reason for Trump doing that. He wanted to throw here again, shift our minds from the legal aspect of what has happened to just a political uh, spin. That's pretty much what he has done. But here she says that the report did not exonerate the president, even with respect to conspiracy and coordination. Okay. The Mueller report confirms that there was coordination between all of the presidents, some of the presidents, man, I should say, and the Russians, okay, to interfere with our U.S. elections in 2016. It was really an attack on our democracy. It really was. She goes on to say that there was no evidence of conspiracy, that that she goes on to say that although the report stated that there was no evidence of conspiracy or coordination, it left open the possibility that there may be evidence out there that the president's associates suppressed. Remember, some individuals invoked their Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Several people affiliated with the Trump campaign, including Michael Flynn, George Papadopoulos, Michael Cohen, and Paul Manafort lied or provided incomplete information to the special counsel about their interactions with Russian-affiliated individuals. All the president's men. All of the president's men, 199 criminal charges, 37 criminal indictments and plea deals. The special counsel declined to make a recommendation on obstruction, mostly because the office of legal counsel has concluded. Okay. The report made clear that it's up to Congress to decide whether to use impeachment as a remedy or not. So, uh, so Special Counsel Mueller, um, in his 448 pages report, investigations and report, um, 
couple things, and I'll, on the onset here, I'll say this: there, he 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 left a lot of it up in the air, but he certainly. Uh, made the, the report was made clear that it's up to Congress to decide whether any formal charges sh- should be brought against the president. His stance is that no U.S. sitting, a sitting president should be indicted. But there very well may be charges that will come down the pike after uh, he's out of office. If he's reelected, of course, he's got four more years and the statute of limitations could run out for him, that which would be in his favor. And or he could not be elected and he may very well have to face criminal charges once he is out of office. Okay, so here again, I have uh, another uh, criminal mine here and this is uh, was presented by Josh Blackman. He's a constitutional law professor at the South Texas College of Law. Uh, Houston. And uh, here's what he says. He says the special counsel's report spans more than 400 pages. However, only 12 pages are dedicated to a critical question. Can the federal obstruction of justice statute apply to the president? Robert Robert Mueller treated this question, which is separate from whether a sitting president can be charged, can be indicted. So, couple things he's saying here. Critical question, can the federal obstruction of justice statute apply to the president? And as I just stated, it certainly can once he leaves office. Now, uh, Mueller made it very clear. He didn't believe that he could make a ring, that he could make a recommendation that the president should be formally charged. He's leaving it up to Congress. The Supreme Court, by the way, has historically been hesitant to resolve disputes between Congress and the president. Even when uh, back in the 70s and the Nixon era, um, you'll find that the Supreme Court was not brought into that. President Nixon resigned. He was pardoned by the vice president. And that pretty much is what what happened. So, the, so to, to, to bring the Supreme Court in this, historically, it just has never happened. Even in the Clinton's administration impeachment hearings and, uh, and indictment there for imp- impeachment of President Clinton, uh, pretty much um, he uh, was charged uh, for uh, lying uh, to special counsel. And... Um, under oath, he was he was he was uh, convicted of lying under oath. Well, the, his last day of office, what he did was he reached an agreement with the special counsel so that he would have to do no time. He would have to spend no time in jail. So these are serious, serious charges that that uh, hang over this presidency. It, this these are serious charges. Mueller implies that Trump's removal of James Comey as the FBI director was with a corrupt intent and it could constitute obstruction of justice. The president's lawyers countered with that the termination was a lawful exercise of presidential authority, not if his intent was to cover up an investigation or to uh, of the Russian interference. Not so. He doesn't have the authority to do that if it's going to be obstruction of justice, which is interfering with the process of finding out if the Russians interfered with our elections. So the the Trump's attorneys really don't have a leg to stand on there. It absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. We know According to Bradley P. Moss, a national security attorney in Washington, that the campaign certainly tried to collude, which, by the way, as I stated earlier, collusion is not a crime, but it's ethically and morally. There's some question marks there, ethically and morally. And should our, should the person that holds the toppest office, the highest office in the land, should he have any, any directly or indirect 
associations with anything that would uh, damper our democracy? That's the question. The Mueller report identifies numerous instances and interactions with Russian nationals by the Trump campaign or Trump associates in an effort to gain hacked emails. Remember the emails, WikiLeaks, by the way, the guy uh, was taken out of the embassy uh, and uh, he's going to it's the process is going to be extremely long. Whether he's going to be extradited here to you to the U.S. to face charges, we shall see. But that remains to be seen. So the Mueller report identifies numerous instances or interactions with Russian nationals by the Trump campaign or Trump associates in an effort to gain hacked emails and to coordinate their dissemination. This may not be enough to warrant criminal conspiracy charges, but the saying that there is no collusion, as Barr did, is brazenly dishonest. The campaign certainly tried to collude. Remember Donald Trump's juniors meeting in Trump Tower? with Russian officials about uh, revealing uh, damaging information on then-candidate Clinton. Remember that? Remember him lying about that and said that they were strictly talking about Russian adoptions? Remember Trump having, saying he has no knowledge of it? But do we really believe that he did not have knowledge of this meeting that was about to take place and took place? Did he? Do we really believe that he did not instruct Donald Jr. to, I'm pretty sure, uh, act on his behalf? Do we also remember publicly when he stood during the campaign and very brazenly said, Russia, I hope you're listening. And if you're listening, please bring forth all these emails, the Clinton uh, deleted emails. And then within a day, within 24 hours, they were released. Do we really believe that this is a coincidence? Hardly not. Hardly not. So um, the Russian report, the, the, the Mueller report is out. It clearly talks about and inadamantly displays the fact that Russia interfered in our 2016 elections. This and is damaging. Volume one is damaging. It, it covers a lot of the fact that there were Russian interference and that they succeeded. That's what's more frightening than anything. They succeeded. And that Trump, you know, if Trump, President Trump, after he won the election, if he would just simply have said, I'm the president of the United States of America. That includes all people here in this country. I am deeply disturbed that the Russians, it was proven that the Russians did interfere with our most sacred privilege, our democracy, that they interfered with our elections and I will not tolerate it. If he had simply said that publicly, a lot of this may not have happened. He disputed his own intelligence He was on the world stage with Putin where he adamantly took to the defense of Putin. He met privately with Putin. There were no, there was an interpreter. He uh, simply instructed the interpreter to not reveal what was said in that room. That looks like collusion. It looks like collusion. You're listening to Talk Back right here with yours truly, Gloria Shea. And uh, our sponsor is Safe Step Walk-In Top. If you have a loved one, family member who has some uh, problems and their lifestyle has really changed, health-wise has changed, and uh, they need to be able to make their life more comfortable and accessible now for them, you call Safe, Safe Step Walk and Top at 1-888-214-7020. That's 1-888-214-7020. Or you can go to Safe Step Walk and Top's website at www.gotosafestep.com. Uh, they have the industry's leading low step in. They can offer and customize your shower and tub packages. And they're there for you and your loved ones. 
Again, you're listening to Talk Back right here on Anchor Podcast with yours truly, Gloria Shea. We've been talking about the Mueller report, the fact that it came out this past Thursday. It is now available online. It's even in print and paperback. And um, so you can um, actually go online and, and review it. I actually personally did not go through every single page. It's over 400 pages long. But what I wanted to do today was just gather some information from the legal minds all over the country and um, give you their views on what they, the, what the bottom line is within this report. I have, uh, there's a gentleman by the name of... Um, Paul uh, Rosenzweig, he's a former deputy assistant secretary for policy at the Department of Homeland Security. He was there from 05 to 09. He also served on the staff of the Whitewater investigation of President Bill Clinton. And he says the obstruction of justice portion of the report reads like a prosecution memorandum that is leading up to a conclusion to be recommended to recommend an indictment. So he's saying that that's what Mueller pretty much has done here. He's laid out, you know, uh, the uh, the plan or the roadmap, so to speak, uh, for an indictment of the president. It lays out the facts in painstaking detail, some of which, like the discussions of a man of Fort Pardon, are classic efforts to influence witness testimony. It then contains a lengthy legal analysis of why these acts are criminal and why the legal counter arguments are mere hand waving. And then at the denouncement, when the conclusion should have read for these reasons, we recommend an indictment. The report radically changes tack. Any other American in the same circumstances will likely be facing criminal charges. He says Mueller flinched. And that's a shame. And I agree 100% here. Mueller flinched. Instead of him, here's a couple things. Why did Mueller uh, require the president to testify before special counsel? That's a question I have. Why did he not do that? The reason being, they say, was time frame. That by the time that, you know, the the, um, office of the presidency in the White House put forth delays, that the time frame by the time, you know, by the way, I mean, the elections are next year, fall of next year. So by the time that they actually could uh, get him to come in and actually testify, too much time would elapse and it would prove mute. mute. The point would be mute. What, what would it do? But he should have demanded, in my opinion, opinion that the president testify before special counsel. He should have set clear agenda, a clear agenda from the legal posture. I mean, they, he had, I think this kind of diluted somewhat, maybe not diluted, but maybe converted him to come to the conclusion and not really put forth a real indictment against the president, but laid out the facts and then left it at the door of Congress. He had quite a few witnesses that lied. Manafort, for example, lied to the special counsel, outright lied to the special counsel. He had quite a few witnesses, uh, I'm told, that were not in the country. So he had evidence of obstruction, but he had no real recommendation. And probably because he felt bound by the legal counsel. The Department of Justice, the DOJ, right? He did. He does work for the Department of Justice, and he does work for Attorney General Barr. So he, he, his, his main theory here was, or he laid it out. He, he gave us the roadmap, but he did not ultimately give a recommendation of indictment. So in that matter, he did flinch. Yeah, Mueller did flinch. I totally agree with that assessment. I have a note here from Lori uh, L. Uh, Levinson, who is a professor of law at the Loyola Law School, and uh, she was formerly an assistant U.S. attorney in Los Angeles. She says, after this report, I think that the Trump presidency will be forever under a cloud. The details of the report portray a president who is obsessed with his own political power, who was, in reports words, willing to engage in multiple acts that were capable of exerting 
uh, undue influence over law enforcement investigations, including the Russian uh, interference and obstruction investigations. What is troubling here, she says, is that these were not simply individual acts by the president. It is a pattern of conduct that conduct that leaves us wondering whether Barr made the right call and not authorizing the obstruction charges. Alan Durkowitz, we all know Alan Durkowitz. He's a professor uh, at law Harvard school. He says most surprising is the failure of the report to come to a definite or definitive conclusion as to whether the president obstructed justice. Special counsels are supposed to decide, not make debating points for each side. And that, that is what clearly special counsel under Mueller has done. Rightfully so, he laid it at Congress doorstep. Rightfully so. But his, his duty was not only to gather the facts and make a clear set agenda here of what had taken place illegally, step by step. But his responsibility was to make a recommendation clearly that the president of the United States obstructed justice, which means that is a criminal offense, but he did not do that. He left it open for some debate. And special counsels are supposed to decide, not make debating points for each side. That's according to Alan Durkowitz, professor at Harvard Law School. Here's another note from Jennifer Topp. She is a professor of law at Vermont Law School. She says that the report treats the obstruction fact-finding as a first step, not a conclusion. But that is the purpose of having special counsel do the investigation to come to a conclusion. And that clearly has not been done. She says here that I was surprised by something that was missing from the Mueller report. She says nowhere does the Mueller does Mueller invite Barr to shut down the obstruction investigation into Trump. Yet that is exactly what Barr did in a four page letter he sent to the congressional leaders nearly one month ago in which Barr made it seem like Mueller kind of gave up in the end and deferred on whether the press on whether to press charges. So Attorney General Barr, who works for the Department of Justice, who works for the United States of America, not specifically for President Trump. That's why there were hearings held to his confirmation or not by Congress, because he is employed by the United States of America legally to determine legal statutes. But in his report that he gave to Congress a month ago, he clearly was working for the president of the United States. Because he he attempted clearly with the first release to Congress to shut down any idea that President Trump had uh, did anything, done anything illegally. She she goes on to say the report shows that this is clearly not the case. Mueller gathered substantial evidence that while in office, Trump obstructed justice. The report threats the obstruction fact finding as first step, not a conclusion. And while Mueller revealed that he felt bound by the Office of Legal Counsel guidelines that consider indicting or prosecuting a sitting president to be inadmissible, impermissible. He asserts that obstruction statutes apply to presidential conduct and appears to contemplate future legal action. Unbelievable. Here's a note from uh, Mimi Roca, a distinguished fellow in criminal justice at Pace Law and a legal analyst for MSNBC and NBC News. She says the most surprising thing I've learned so far from the unredacted portions of the Mueller report is how significant the case of obstruction of justice is against Trump and just how badly Barr mischaracterized the report, both in his four page letter to Congress and Thursday morning at the press conference. She says Barr clearly tried to give the impression 
That was an open question on obstruction that Mueller simply didn't reach. But she says, I don't read it that way. I read Mueller's decision on obstruction to be that there was a lot of evidence of obstruction and evidence of criminal intent, which Mueller indicated in his explanation for why he didn't pursue the interview with Trump and that the final decision should go to Congress. Well, Mueller says he didn't demand that Trump come before special counsel and testify under oath. It was was a time frame issue. He didn't feel he had, they had enough time. They wanted to wrap up the report, but in doing so, it's as if he tied his hands legally. Mueller's view of the Constitution is a sharp rebuke of uh, the Attorney General Barr's efforts. They're not on the same page. They don't agree here. So my theory is Congress needs to hold hearings. Mueller needs to come before Congress. Attorney General Barr needs to go back before Congress. And they need to testify. And they need to get all of these others, Cohen, Manafort, all of these, Paul Papadopoulos, to come before Congress and testify under oath. What happened? What were they told to do by the president? Also, by the way, Fox News is is just hitting this home, the fact that uh, the president may have intended to do to obstruct ju- justice, but his his aides and his legal counsel and those around him didn't allow it to happen. The intent to inst- obstruct justice is a crime. The intent. So, um, you know, go figure. We're going just a little bit over on today's show. We've got, you know, and, and no reason why not to do it. I mean, today show is covering the Mueller's report. Our sponsor is Safe Step Walk and Tub. Uh, please give them a call at one 888 If you've got a loved one, family member, friend who is going through lifestyle changes, they no longer can really utilize their existing uh, bathroom. Uh, you call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. They have the industry-leading low step in, and they will customize your bathroom to fit the current needs of your friend or loved one. I'm going to close on this note. That hasn't been covered a lot by the major networks uh, or online. But according to Newsweek.com, Barr worked for a law firm that represented Russia's, uh, it's called Alpha Bank in Russia. And also he worked for a company allegedly that has a longstanding uh, business ties to Russia. Not much attention has been brought out about this in the news media during Barr's confirmation hearings either. You didn't hear this. So I'm not sure if Congress just... um, uh, just didn't want to go mention it, bring it out. I'm not sure. But is there a conflict of interest here? Is there a reason that Barr has really gone uh, full force to defend the president's actions when clearly they were illegal and clearly that he did obstruct justice? Is it because our attorney general has his own ties to Russia? He worked for a law firm that represented Russia's a Russian bank. And he worked for a company allegedly that has a long-standing business ties to Russia. This is amazing here. This this it 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 keeps getting more interesting all the time. By the way, there was a protest uh, this uh, morning in Paris. Uh it's been going on I hear for several months. They're they're protesting. There was over, we all heard the news about Notre Dame, uh, the fire, the devastating fire in Paris, uh, of, uh, the historic Notre Dame. And now there has been over $1 billion donated to rebuild Notre Dame, but there is protest and it has been now, uh, going on for a while. And it's just getting stronger because of, uh, the million dollar donation from, uh, millionaires, uh, all over the world. Uh, and they're protesting about income inequality 
and uh, cultural and politics and such. And so they're very distant. They're very, very much interested in uh, all of this money going for the rebuilding of Notre Dame. And yet people are suffering uh, with income inequality there in their country. You've been listening to Talk Back with yours truly, Gloria Shea. I hope you enjoy the uh, podcast today. I hope we've given you some information, given you some things to think about. And please tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. We've gone over today's episode, but that's okay. We had a lot of things to cover today. Please uh, patronize our sponsor, Safe Step Walk-In Tub, if you have a need uh, for uh, customizing your shower or uh, tub. And uh, you've been listening to Talk Back. Thank you for listening. Until next time, America. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Talk Back, right here, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. Today is Saturday, April 27th, and I certainly hope that your Saturday is starting off uh, on a positive note. And uh, welcome to Talk Back. Today we're going to cover some breaking news, some headlines, things of that sort. Uh, But first things first, let's take care of just a bit of business. Uh, The sponsor of Talk Back from the very beginning has been Safe Step Walk-In Tub. They do offer the industry's leading low step in. They also are a member of the Better Business Bureau. They do offer financing and they do offer a limited lifetime warranty on all of their services. So give them a call at 1-888-214-7020. Again, that's 1-888-214-7020. If you have a friend, family member, loved one, who's having a bit of a lifestyle change and they're having some trouble getting in and out of the tub, call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. Or you can go to their website at www.gotosafestep.com. Okay, good morning. And I do want to thank my listeners out there for tuning in each and every Saturday. We're, we're taping and uh, wanted to get our latest episode out there to you. We're going to cover some headlines to start off with, some breaking news, so to speak. Uh, presidential candidate, I can say that now, former Vice President Joe Biden is in. He did kick off his presidential bid uh, this past Thursday. He released a video uh, acknowledging the fact that he has now formally thrown his hat into the presidential ring. So Joe Biden is in. He kicked off his presidential bid for the presidential race coming up in 2020. Kudos to uh, former former, uh, Vice President Joe Biden. I was happy to hear the news. I think that Certainly, he has the most experience with government, being a former vice president and being in Congress for many, many years. Uh, Certainly, he's the most formidable, I think, opponent for our current president. And uh, certainly, he has experience, tons and tons of past experience in government. So I think that that's that's good news to hear that. By the way, there are like 20 candidates, uh, Democratic candidates currently, uh, who are making their bid for the um, for the president here of the United States of America. So Joe Biden is in. That was some breaking news, and he did release a video this past Thursday. And I think his uh, motto or his start out, starting out of the gate slogan was uh, that this is really a fight to take back the soul of the country. He wants to, he thinks that it's a, it's a matter of saving our democracy. And literally he has said his, he started out with his slogan saying, this is a fight for the soul, the very soul of our country. So, I mean, um, he's in and um, that's, uh, that is breaking news. He took a while Took a bit to come out with that, but uh, he's uh, formally now a candidate for president of the United States. Okay, I have some good news to share about our economy. Our economy has been on an upswing for quite a while, even under the former president, President Barack Obama, but it has continued for the last couple years. And this is good news for the Trump administration. Great news, let's say for the Trump administration. Uh, Let me share some information that I discovered with you. The unemployment rate 
is currently at 3.8%. 3.8%. That's the lowest level since the early 2000s. And that's great news. It really is coming out of the White House now. The economists who were surveyed by Bloomberg have estimated that uh, if you look at the total number that was added, we had a net increase of 223,000 jobs. That's outstanding. It really, really is. Great news for the Trump administration. Here's what's puzzling to me. Why hasn't his publicist and his and the president himself really uh, leaned on this great news and just publicly just pound it, pound away at this because this is great news for him. Why is he not traveling the country talking about this, talking about other things like infrastructure? I understand he, Pelosi and he had a meeting uh, just a few, a day ago about infrastructure. So that's good, but I think he's missing a, a great opportunity here to travel and do his rallies and focus on that versus acting like um, a bully who just got beat up on the playground and he's running home to tell mama that he just got beat up and he's the play yard bully, right? I mean, why isn't he not doing that? I don't get it. But the increase of 223,000 jobs, that's a net increase. And um, just last month, the numbers show that there were 175,000 jobs added. But your net increase, I guess, for the first quarter was... um, 223,000 jobs. So it reflects a healthy economy right now, healthy healthy gains. And by the way, these healthy gains have a broad range. They really do. For instance, these job gains are coming from manufacturing. They're coming from the transportation industry. They're coming from the healthcare field. And what was surprising to me, it's coming from the retail industry. I was really a little taken aback when I saw the report that the retail industry is, is, is showing a net increase in jobs. I mean, we all know, we've all heard in our area here in Cleveland, as well as I'm sure around the country, there have been a lot of the big box stores that have closed down. JCPenney is one of those here locally. And so, the, and there have been others. Amazon is flourishing, but I mean, you know, there's the big box stores have lost a lot because of Amazon and uh, but yeah retailing is also claiming an upside so that's great news now the Fed most likely will raise interest rates the news uh, report is saying that they're going to raise interest rates this month or the month of May coming up very shortly here and at least one more time later this year they are going to raise interest rates that may put a damper on things it remains to be seen we'll see uh, how that affects the economy raising the interest rates the fed's going to do that uh that's the news coming out down the pike here that they will be raising the the interest rates the may the month of may coming up and then one more time at least one one more time later this year so We'll, we'll see how that affects the economy. But that's great news. That is great news. Our president should be really promoting that. I think that's a feather in his cap. It certainly will uh, create even more mass appreciation from fan appreciation from his own base. Just it's it's puzzling why. He's not doing that. And no one in his administration who's close to him, his son-in-law, his daughter, why they're not saying, hey, let's focus on the economy, infrastructure and things like that to make the uh, to make it even better. Don't know. Here was something that was very interesting that I discovered with the economy doing as well as it is doing. Believe it or not, there are not enough skilled. Hear me and not enough unskilled workers. So there are companies out there in the manufacturing industry, transportation industry, who are looking for workers who are even unskilled. Here's what I discovered. Union Pacific, they're located in Council Bluff, Iowa, is now currently offering a $20,000 incentive 
bonus, like a sign-on bonus, a $20,000 incentive to not just experienced workers, but workers who have no degree and no experience. I mean, go figure that. Union Pacific, Council Bluffs, Iowa, is currently offering a $20,000 sign-on bonus for workers to come aboard with no degree and no experience. Wow. That's something to ponder. Wow. So our economy is busting at the seams. Happy to report that. Happy to report that. Hope it continues. There's There are companies that have been around for years booming and they cannot find enough skilled or unskilled workers now. So that's a problem with the economy, not finding enough workers. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to have that news? That is great news. Okay. So, uh, but in the urban areas, uh, the large, well, the large metropolitan areas, Chicago, I looked up looked at the these numbers as well in Chicago and Washington DC there the numbers are low the unemployment rates number is low Washington DC is doing well uh, their unemployment numbers are very low and uh, Chicago uh, another major metropolitan city their unemployment unemployment number is low now in the mate in the urban and the distressed areas there is still a crisis I don't have the exact numbers on the unemployment rate and uh, years past. It's always double or triple what the national average is. Not sure if I can, can um, say that it is currently. I promise you I'll look more into that and give you some numbers in the upcoming uh, show on the urban areas, the distressed areas and where uh, they are with, uh, with jobs. But the economy is strong. The state of the union is strong. It really is according to, according to uh, economically. Absolutely. Okay, so you're listening to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. Great to be with you. Excited to be with you. Another episode here on Saturday. And our sponsor is Safe Step Walk-In Tub. They offer the industry's leading low step in. Uh, they can customize your shower package. They are a member of the Better Business Bureau. They offer uh, lim- lifetime limited warranties on all of their work. And they do offer financing if you've got a loved one, family member whose lifestyle has changed and they need help getting in and out of the, the current bathroom, the shower. You give Safe Step Walk-In Tub a call at 1-888-214-7020. Again, that's 1-888-214-7020. Okay. Here's some news coming out of the White House. Um, President Trump this past Tuesday called on all current and former White House aides to avoid testifying to congressional panels suggesting that he will invoke executive privilege to block a subpoena ordering former White House counsel Donald McCann to testify to Congress. He spoke with the Washington Post just a few days ago and he said complying with the congressional request was unnecessary after the White House cooperated with special counsel Robert Mueller's probe into Russian interference. So he's saying no way, back off, not going to do it, not going to do it. And this comes as Democratic lawmakers are scheduling a vote on charges of contempt of Congress against White House Personnel Security Director Carl Klein, who has refused to testify to the House Oversight Committee. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin ignores a congressional deadline on Trump's tax records, right? He just will not hand over President Trump's tax uh, returns. Um, he failed to meet a congressional mandated deadline Tuesday of this week to turn over President Trump's tax returns to the H- House Ways and Means Committee. It's the second time Mnuchin has refused a congressional order to turn over Trump's tax records. In a statement, Mnuchin said he provide he would provide a final answer on whether he would comply by May 6. Democrats say that they need to know whether Trump's business interests, both at home 
and overseas are affecting his decision as president? And that's a darn good question. Is this why we're seeing the him cozying up so much with uh, Vladimir Putin? Uh, is this why he's so chummy with the uh, crown prince of Saudi Arabia? Is it because he has uh, money ties to them? Is, is this affecting his decisions that he makes here for our country? Has he sold out our democracy, our constitution for uh, uh, monetary gain? These are things that we need to know. So I so certainly hope that uh, the uh, House and Means Ways and Means Committees are able to, eventually they will get the tax uh, information. He cannot legally keep Congress from getting that information. So eventually he will have to turn it over. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just don't know. Uh, other uh, headline news this week. Uh, there was, of course, many of us have already heard about the uh, this past Sunday's um, church bombings there in uh, Sri Lanka uh, this past Easter holiday a weekend in Sri Lanka, the death toll from Sunday's bomb attacks, which did target hotels as well as churches, climbed to 359. Authorities said that they defused another bomb in downtown Colombo, so they saved lives there, thank God, and uh, they did arrest more suspects uh, who uh, for the uh, for the bombing. Sri Lankan officials apologized Monday, however, for failing to respond to multiple tip-offs ahead of Sunday's eight attacks. A confidential memo circulated among Sri Lankan security agencies gave names, addresses, and phone numbers of some of the suspects. But it's just not clear why authorities failed to act on the warnings. One surveillance video actually showed a suspect wearing a backpack uh, casually strolling towards St. Sebastian Church, Church there north of Colombo, minutes before the bomb ripped through a crowd. Uh, of Easter Sunday worshipers, killing more than a hundred of them. Then on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, a self-proclaimed Islamic state claimed responsibility for the bombings. I mean, just uh, terrible, terrible things going on over there. They did have a raid here recently where they they killed 14, including two children. They were able to capture some more of the participants and the bombings. So they're on that steadfast. And uh, just hopes nothing like that ever happens there again. Here's some news that are, that's coming out of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia carried out a mass ex- execution of prisoners, including a public crucifixion. So human rights groups are condemning Saudi Arabia's mass execution of 37 prisoners accused of terrorism and espionage. Amnesty International says 11 of the men put to death were convicted of spying for Iran after what is called a grossly unfair trial. Amnesty says at least 14 others were convicted for participating in anti-government protests between 2011 and 2012. So they're taking that way back there years ago and they're executing these people for it. Amnesty says that the 14 men were tortured in order to have confessions Extracted from them, one prisoner's body and severed head were put on display in a public crucifixion. Can you believe the things that are coming out of Saudi Arabia? Can you just believe that? The Saudi regime believes it has impunity to carry out such patently illegal executions without notice. And it has sent shockwaves throughout the world. Now keep in mind here, just a few, at October of last year, we covered this in weeks past, Jamal Khashoggi's killing, his brutal uh, murder, and how it was tied back to the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, and how just literally weeks after it was confirmed that he was murdered, and that the crown prince ordered the murder, our president had them at the White House as guests. Keep that in mind. Keep all of that in mind. What are the ties? Why is... Uh, why is our president so chummy with the crown prince of Saudi Arabia as well as uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin? Those are questions that we need answers to. 
Some of those answers, by the way, was in the Mueller report released uh, a few days ago. And uh, because clearly they were very, very successful in infiltrating our election uh, system, elect- electoral system. And they were very influential. Influ- uh, influ- uh, they brought a lot of influence. They actually uh, affected the outcome of our election. And yet our president will not admit to that. So go figure. Here's some other breaking news. Kim Jong-un arrived in Russia for a first meeting with Vladimir Putin. In Russia, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un arrived by train in the eastern port city ahead of his, uh, his first ever meeting with President Vladimir Putin. And he's expected to reach out to Putin for economic assistance as the U.S. shows no sign of easing up on sanctions left in place after President Trump walked away from a U.S.-North Korea summit of denuclearization in Hanoi in February. So go figure. Go figure. So now Kim Jong-un is cozying up to Putin. (laughs) I wonder how that love relationship is going between him and our, our current president, Donald Trump, right now. I wonder how that's how that's working out. In New York City, senior White House advisor and President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, on Tuesday told a Time magazine forum he does not dispute the CIA's conclusion that Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, but Kushner said it was more important to focus on American foreign policy interests. Now let's put a period there. Let's think about that for a moment. What Jared Kushner said. He said he did dispute the CIA's conclusion, which I don't think our president ever admitted the conclusion that was put forth by our own CIA, Central Intelligence Agency. But he said he doesn't dispute that. Kushner says, hey, I don't dispute the conclusion that the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi. But he said it's more important to focus on American foreign policy interests. Question. What are Americans' foreign policy interests with Saudi Arabia? What are our policy interests? Our foreign, what, what interest do we have with Saudi Arabia that benefits America, the U.S.? What, what are they? They haven't been outlined, certainly, by our, our current president. We've had no breaking news on that. We don't know where we stand with Saudi Arabia. We know we, we, they're, they're, they spent millions and billions of dollars on arms. Sure, we know that. But what else do we know? What else do we know? What are America's foreign policy interests in Saudi Arabia that benefits the United States of America? I, I, I mean, that's something to think about. At a gala dinner later in the day honoring Time's list of the world's 100 most influential people, there was a, a, a person there, a comedian, Hashan Miha, called for the release of, a, of Saudi women's right activists Uh, who had been tortured since her arrest for opposing the kingdom's male guardianship system and uh, a former ban on women drivers. Uh, He also called out uh, Jared Kushner directly over his close relationship with the Saudi crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. And here's what this person said. He says, I know there's a lot of very powerful people here. And it would be crazy if, I don't know, if there was just like, I don't know, like, if they're like a high-ranking official in the White House that could maybe could help that person get out of prison because they don't deserve it. But that would be crazy. That would be, I mean, that person would have to be in the room. This is, (laughs) this was, this was loudly spoken at the gala presented by Time Magazine for the honoring the 100 most influential people. This was a comedian, Hashan, stood up and spoke out. And what he basically said, if that wasn't clear for you, what he basically said is, you're sitting over here 
Mr. Jared Kushner, and you claim to have so much influence and so much power because you're the son-in-law of the president of the United States, the most powerful country in the world, but yet you're cozying up with the oppressor, the crown prince. You really could help do the right thing, protect women's rights in our country, but you choose to cozy up with, with, uh, with the crown prince and simply do nothing. Jared Kushner, by the way, was seated in the room and may, uh, while the uh, Hassan made those, re- those remarks. Jared Kushner heard that. No report on, his, uh, on a response from Jared Kushner, though. The U.S. Supreme Court heard arguments uh, this past Tuesday in a case challenging the Trump administration plans to include a citizenship question on the 2020 census. Mm-hmm. Voting right activists fear the question would deter immigrants from participating in the census, leading to a vast undercount in states with large immigrant communities. This could impact everything from the redrawing of congressional maps to the allocation of federal funding. Go figure this one. This administration is doing everything that they can to really keep federal, the federal government from helping its own people. So this happened this past Tuesday. The Supreme Court did hear the arguments uh, in a case challenging the Trump administration. The Trump administration planned to include a citizenship question on the 2020 census. So the census coming out in 2020 and on that, they, the Trump administration wanted to ask you, are you a U.S. citizen or not? And the, the, uh, the voting right activists say that the question very well would deter immigrants from participating in the census, including a vast undercounted states with large immigrant communities. But it not only can help, can hurt immigrants and, and, and allow this administration to continue to cut funding and area and programs that help immigrants, but it could impact everything from the redrawing of the congressional maps to the allocation of federal funding. That's important. That's key to keep watch on. It really, really is. Go figure that. So you've been listening to Talk Back, hosted by yours truly, Gloria Shea. And if your loved one, your family member, your friend that you know of has a bit of trouble, their lifestyle has changed, they can't get in and out of the shower like they used to, why don't you uh, advise them to Call Safe Step Walk-In Tub at 1-888-214-7020. Again, I'll repeat that, 1-888-214-7020. Or you can go to the website, www.gotosafestep.com. Yeah, you've been listening to Talk Back right here on Saturday. And um, we've been covering just some headlines, some breaking news, things that have been happening really all over the, uh, all over the globe. Here's some interesting uh, information. The melting Arctic is set to cost the world $70 trillion. So for you climate control uh, enthusiasts or people who like to keep up with that sort of thing, in climate news, an alarming new report published in the journal Nature Communication finds that without immediate action to curb greenhouse gas emissions, melting Arctic uh, could add as much as 70 trillion to the overall economic impact of climate change. Meanwhile, a draft United Nations report obtained Tuesday reveals up to 1 million species are at imminent risk of extinction due to human behavior. Wow. Okay. All right. So we're going to wrap up here. One more uh, bit of information. There has been a mesoquarantine at our colleges in the state of California, there has been a measles outbreak on college campus in Los Angeles. Um, California State has been one of them, and also the University of California. They have quarantined, and uh, the uh, the campus. It's uh, measles, which is highly contagious. Uh, it's very important that uh, 
anyone, all of anyone that may be affected or in that area should get uh, vaccinated. Uh, I highly encourage those that to do that, or if you have family member on the West Coast there who may be attending the California State University or the University of California, to uh, certainly um, recommend that they do get vaccinated because it's extremely important. Measles is uh, highly, highly contagious. You've been listening to Talk Back right here on Anchor Podcast. I certainly hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we'll be back with you again next Saturday with more interesting news. And I promise you, I do have some exciting things I've got planned for Talk Back coming up. I promise you, we're going to have some live interviews. That's going to happen. And uh, thank you so much for listening to Talk Back. Until next time, America.